Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Stochastic.com NFL Strategy Show Sims Edition Week 16 and another special edition. Back off of last week, Saturday and Sunday, we're doing the same thing again today. In this case, two games late on Saturday, not three games. And uh, a couple quarterbacks that, well, here's the thing. We go into this blind. <clears throat> I don't look at anything. I don't look at any of the results. Um, Neil Orfield with me today, filling in for Greg Ehrenberg. I told him, he said, How, what do we do for prep for the show? Nothing. We don't want to prep. We want to, we want to see what we're getting. We want to see what the Sims are giving us based on f- projected ownership of the field run the contest generator, and make it happen. So that's exactly what we're going to do Saturday and Sunday. we got two games Saturday, nine games on the Sunday main slate. Uh, and, of course, guys, for those of you wondering, we'll have the main slate deeper dive live before lock on Sunday, Christmas Eve. We'll have a live before lock on Monday. I would imagine on Christmas Day someone will be around to do that. And we'll have one tomorrow as well. But there's no better way to get you set up going into the week than this just to see – what these you know high leverage spot these positive ROI lineups look like and Neil that's exactly what we're going to do today brother yeah happy I mean uh, not many shows I'm told do not prep I'm told given the rule don't prep and I took that rule very seriously I did not prep I did not look at any sims before the show so I'm excited to see what we end up getting especially for this Saturday slate I'm I've always been curious like what kind of lineups you're going to get on a two game are you going to get you know, your quarterback against the opposing defense. Are you going to get six players from one team? So I'm, I'm really curious to see what we're going to get on this two-gamer for the Saturday slate. And then, of course, the Sunday slate uh, will be interesting as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Ben and I on the Tuesday podcast exclusive went through some of these two-game, three-game slates in the post-contest simulator and tried to look at, like, you know, what type of builds are winning. And I, I promise you, some of these builds that win – are never what you would have anticipated. You know, Will Levis with DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry with with Tennessee defense against Miami. Uh, what was the slate last week? It was that was slate. the that was the Detroit. I know uh, Detroit was on the Detroit versus the Broncos. It was a three gamer. Um, right. The winning lineup had had uh, had Jared Goff plus four. Jared Goff plus four. Is that and right? Then a double run back. So it was like six players from that. No, seven players, including Goff, from that game. And then the guy that came in second had Jared Goff plus four, including Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Hmm. Okay, I think I thought the biggest contest was just uh, was Jared Goff with Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. And I think that I, I thought I remember that because this is the that one was... that we went over. They, they, we do single. Oh, gotcha. Like the oh, we do single. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the uh, the big 500k to first whatever tournament was, I believe, just Jared Goff to Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta, which I remember because that was my stack exactly. I was like, I got that one one thing right. Didn't didn't nail the entire slate, but got the uh, the favorite stack exactly right for that contest. But yeah, it was that was definitely not optimal though. I mean, that was uh, Amon Ross St. Brown went completely off in that game. Uh, somehow was not in the winning lineup. Yeah, it was uh, that was an interesting slate last Saturday. 
It's also one of those slates, though, that like you have to consider the context of it. Yep. Michael Pittman wasn't in any of those lineups, but Michael Pittman could have gone insane. He was ready to go off. Yeah. Like he already had what seven for or four for 72 in the first quarter or something. He was getting peppered. You you were looking at potentially, you know, a 30 plus fantasy point game for Michael Pittman, and no one would have batted an eye at that. Um, Zach Moss scored early on on that receiving touchdown. He went down. Now, some good lineups and winning lineups still had Zach Moss. So that kind of is what it is. But those are two guys in a spot where, like, you had Goodson and Trey Sermon come in once Moss went down, and both they combined for like 170 rushing yards. So, you know, if you look at it that way, could that slate have played out differently? And would it have played out much better for me, someone who had Moss and Pittman in essentially every single lineup? Yeah, definitely. But that was still a construction. That was still a type of build that that won it this last week, Neil. And like sometimes you have to get away from the stuff that this is the easiest way to put it, right? Like sometimes you have to get away from what feels comfortable. And that's a really tough thing to to wrap your mind around. Like when I when I first started getting into cryptocurrency in 2017, <laughs> I got wrecked early on because I couldn't handle it psychologically. Like I didn't know what I was getting into. So, you know, it goes up. That's good. It starts going down. Oh my God, it goes down further. I got to sell everything before it's over. Like you just, you have no real, you have no real perception, no real understanding of how it works. Now, everything that I have, I just, I I look at it once in a while and it's doing good. That's great. If it's not, that's okay. Things will turn around. With DFS building these type of lineups, and trying to win large field tournaments, it's very similar in the sense that if you haven't conditioned yourself to kind of be able to accept that this lineup in my head doesn't look great, but from an ROI perspective, from a leverage standpoint, it is actually a better lineup than what you're hand building. Yeah, absolutely. That's I love the crypto example. I, I've noticed that there seems to be correlation between DFS bros and like cryptocurrency, NFTs, that kind of stuff. I feel like it's the same kind of like you need to have some risk tolerance to buy into something like cryptocurrency. I did not realize that you were an OG all the way back in 2017. Wish that I had been with you there. 2014 when I was with Fantasy Insiders, um, you know Kyle Cannon? I do not. Kay Cannon? The name sounds vaguely familiar. Been in the DFS streets for a very long time, but he was always in. I think it was like our Skype back then or something. He, him and um, TJ, and they were. Uh, I know they were buying Bitcoin in like 2014 and stuff Man. like that. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know what this is. I'm dumb. But uh, yeah, anyway, go ahead. That, that's probably why I don't remember his name. Is probably because he got out of DFS to do crypto. I mean, probably made a boatload. I think he still crypto. plays, but oh, he, he, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think that there is a correlation. That, that's a good example of just like the, the mindset you need to have with DFS. Even the best players in the world are going to have uh, big losing streaks and, uh, and you have to get a little bit uncomfortable. I, I've always said I feel like people go on winning streaks in DFS. And the reason is after you get one big win, you open yourself up to a little bit more risk. And I think that that to your point, like, yeah, you got to get a little bit uncomfortable, particularly on these smaller slates. I mean, I mean it's kind of true in DFS in general, but particularly on these smaller slates, you definitely need to be able to get a little bit uncomfortable with your builds. Now, one thing that I was saying, you know, on the last Saturday show that I wanted to do to get uncomfortable was playing two running backs from the same team, uh, specifically for, for me, the Steelers, which did not work out at all. So uh, that was something that did not work out last week. 
still something that I'm willing to do. I guess we have to look at the specifics of this two-game slate. I'm not sure if there's, uh, I guess you could play Mixon and Chase Brown, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, certainly there are a lot of ways that, and this is, a two-game slate is even a little bit different from a three-game slate in that you need to get even weirder on a two-game slate. There are just fewer player options. Uh, so for sure, you need to get a little bit uncomfortable sometimes with your construction, and that's probably going to give you better odds of winning. Especially when your other two quarterbacks are Mason Rudolph and Easton Stick. Good point. It is it is ugly out there for this Saturday slate. It's bad, man. It really is. But it, it doesn't like that shouldn't dissuade you from from playing this. It makes no difference whatsoever. It wouldn't matter if it was Mitch Trubisky, Easton Stick, Josh Dobbs, and Zach Wilson. Like that, that shouldn't make a difference. It's still a two game slate. Yeah, and there's still 500k up top on DraftKings. But um, yeah. Uh, th this is going to be one of those one of those more fun slates. So let's dive straight into it. Before we do that, take a single second, hit that thumbs up, please. Subscribe to the channel as well. Much appreciated, all of you who support us. Hang out for this show every week. The season is almost over, so uh, let's finish on a strong note, and let's hope that we don't get in our own way. Because Neil, I Greg knows this, the chat knows this, but about four weeks ago, when we had. Um, Short Gamer TV, take down the Millie using yep. the Sims tool and the Spy for 100K. And someone else in our Discord took down the play action for 100K. We had done this show and we ran the Sims and I went back and looked. And I went back the next week. So like it would have been, say it was week 11. I would This would have been a week 12 show. And I went back and looked at week 11, what Jacob had up on the screen for the Sims. And the third ranked lineup that we had on this show that we put on the screen would have won the large, uh, would have won the high stakes Millie, would have won the spy, would have won the red zone, would have won the wildcat, would have won all of them. No all way. Them. That is absolutely all insane. And we didn't play it. All of them. All of those. It wouldn't have won. It would have come in seventh in the, the large field Millie, but it would have won everything else on the day. That is, I mean, especially because the show is on Friday and that was a Sunday slate. So yep. to, to have the winning lineup in there on Friday, it's funny because that's something that I normally would tell people not to do. Like, don't just use the lineup from Friday. Make sure you're running it on Sunday. Uh, but when there's not much injury news, obviously things don't change that much and that can work out. That is absolutely insane. Uh, too bad nobody Too bad nobody in chat just grabbed those top five lineups. Or something. You know, if, you, if you're playing 150, sometimes, sometimes it makes sense, I think, to, to grab earlier lineups. That's something I used to do all the time. Uh, when I was hand building, I would have like the the lineup that I built earlier in the day for, for like NBA uh, more so than I, I guess NFL too. But like I'd build one lineup, hand built a couple lineups early in the week, and then I wouldn't adjust them to the news unless there was injury news. And sometimes those kind of work out better as like, you know, your thought processes change, you, you kind of lose sight of what you liked initially sometimes. Uh, so sometimes it can be helpful to have those earlier lineups. So maybe we need to play these lineups that we look at today. I'm thinking about it now, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, appreciate you guys for taking a second to show some love to the channel, subscribe and all that stuff. Leave a comment down below too. At the very least, if you're watching after the fact, we read all of them, try and respond to all of them. And if you want a little more insight on how these two and three game sites have worked this year, because you're going to have a three game site coming up on Christmas as well. Ben and I did the podcast exclusive. It's not on YouTube. It's only in podcast forum. Of course, all of this stuff goes to podcast, but that one only there. We go back and we run the post-contest sim to see what type of builds have won these two and three-game slates throughout the entirety of the season. And we break down the Saturday slate with some uh, single-game three-max strategy and a little bit more than that as well. 30 minutes gets you in and out, but it'll be helpful. If you're driving or doing whatever you are doing, uh, check it out. Anyway, 
Let's talk about it. Yeah, Alvin said the uh, the lineup I hand-built last week was my best lineup Sunday. Sometimes it happens, man. Jacob, let's pull it up. We'll go Saturday first, and then we'll take a look at Sunday. So, you know, the way we do this is usually we'll just take a look at some of the top lineups, and then we'll filter through exposures. Um, we can make some ROI boosts, some tweaks and stuff if we want, but we ran in the contest generator with a 10,000 field, 25% to first here. So go back to the top. Let's see for a second what the top lineups look like. And I do the first thing that stands out to me, hardly surprising, is that there are what eight lineups on the screen, and all but one of them is either Allen or Jake Browning. Neil, I'm not surprised True. by that at all. Yeah, me neither. Mason Rudolph just has not really shown it in the NFL. Um, those these are, I mean, Jake Browning. It's kind of surprising that Jake Browning is the other one that's in that conversation because it's a few weeks ago. It's like you can't play Jake Browning, he's not any good, and he has really proven himself over the past few weeks as somebody you have to at least consider for DFS. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Josh Allen against the Chargers to me is kind of a no brainer. Um, yeah, in, I'm actually a little bit surprised that we get Mason Rudolph in the number two lineup, and that one's also leaving 1400 on the table. So there are upgrades you could make in that lineup. A little bit surprising to me to see that one grading out so well as a number two lineup, particularly because you know none of I guess, I guess we have one lineup here that we have any concerns about dupes. So even when you're not factoring in dupes into these lineups, you're still getting to that Mason Rudolph as the number two overall lineup. That surprises me a little bit, but it looks like a nice lineup. Yeah, so I would assume that, that the case with this is like it's 48,600. Um, you mentioned second highest ROI, simulated ROI, so our second ranked lineup when you consider all of that, projections and ownership. Um, I bet, Jacob, if you went to exposures and then toggled on stack exposures, my guess is we still have very little Rudolph. Sure. Yep, so like we, we have him as one of the top lineups, but out of 150, 7% QB plus three looks like 1% QB plus one. So it appears just that specific build, Neil, is popping up really nice. Outside of that, it's not a ton. 20% um, Jake Browning, a QB plus three. So essentially, what, 27% Browning stacks and fifty over 50% 50 Josh Allen stacks on this game. Yeah, I mean, he is by far the best quarterback in a great spot against the Chargers. Not really a shock to see that Josh Allen's making it into 50% of our best lineups. Go, can you go to player ROI for a second, Jacob? I want to see something here. So, actually, go to exposures. I'm sorry. Go to exposures, and you can get rid of stacks. So, I want to see what Josh Allen owns. So, all right, so we're actually coming in around the field on a projected field project to have him about 59% of the time. We're getting 59% Josh Allen right now. So that's not actually a spot where we're above the field. We're above on Cook. We're above on Boyd. Obviously, Jamar Chase not going to play. We're uh, above on Higgins. We're above on uh, Jalen Warren, but actually right with the field on Josh Allen. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, you, you don't always need to take stands at every position. Like that's something. Sometimes it's okay to just match the field, and this makes sense here. Uh, we see Josh Allen projected for twenty-two point four fantasy points. I'm not sure exactly what all the other quarterbacks are projected for. I'm, I'm sure we'll see that as we look at these lineups. But I would guess that there is a big difference between Josh Allen and the other quarterbacks on the slate. Also, obviously, going to be more expensive, but not a huge shock to me that we are getting to a lot of Josh Allen just based on there's a pretty massive differential there in projected fantasy points 
maybe better to take bigger stands elsewhere rather than fading the obviously best quarterback on the slate. So I'm not all that shocked to see that we are matching the field on Josh Allen. I also wouldn't be surprised if we got to like 80% Josh Allen just based on the projection there. Uh, but but I'm happy that we are only at 59%. I, I don't think I want to take on the risk of 80% Josh Allen myself. Doesn't feel like a, a huge risk with Josh Allen because he's going to put up some fantasy points in this game, but it is a lot of risk if you're if you're taking, you know, 80% plus of your portfolio there. So I'm I'm honestly pretty happy to match the field here with Josh Allen. Did we I didn't see, but did we have any charger stacks? Did we have any Easton stick? Not in our top eight that we looked at. Um I think we had like two percent in the, oh, in the top one fifty. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I mean, you could always just go to stack exposure, Jake. I can't imagine we're going to have. I didn't look. Okay, there you go. You're right. Like two and a half, three percent. Yeah, yeah, three with the uh, quarterback plus two. Do you think we could see a, a bit of a dead cat bounce here for the Chargers this week, right? Coming off an embarrassing loss, extended rest, got rid of Brandon Staley, got rid of the GM too, right? Didn't they get rid of the GM? They got rid of, I don't remember who else. They got, they, they, I know they brought in JoJo and Giff. <laughs> Yeah, that's all, that's all I know. So they, they clean house in, in some spots. I wonder if we see a bit of a dead cat bounce here, where we could and new coach, interim coach, they come in. I'm not saying they win, but they stay a little competitive for three quarters. Maybe they don't get completely wiped off the map. This game opened at 14 and moved down to 11 in some spots, which is also interesting to me. I don't know if I want to stack East and stick, but I, I'm not going to be, I'm not just staying away from the chargers after what we saw last week. I'll, it's a four, it's a two game slate. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this for Easton stick and the Chargers stack at the very least, we know they're probably going to need to be throwing the ball to keep up with the bills. Like in, in the second half, if they're trying to win the game, they should be throwing the ball a good bit because they're probably going to be behind in the second half. So from a game script perspective, yeah, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're likely to win this game, but they're probably going to need to be throwing it throughout the game, which is going to make Easton stick look a little bit better. Now, again, like the Sims are telling us we're only getting to two and a half percent in our top 150 lineups, but that is still a little bit of exposure. There kind of, uh, kind of shows you the odds of that actually working out with the chargers uh, coming in and having to throw the ball a lot and maybe having a little bit of success. Now they didn't really have any success against the Raiders until they were down a thousand points. So I don't really expect them to have a ton of success, but uh you know, stranger things have happened. Obviously, th these are NFL players. They can get it done. Flukes happen all the time. Defenses break down. So maybe, you know, that, I mean, we're getting to two and a half percent. That goes to show you it can happen, but feels pretty unlikely. Well, now the question, and Rance said, wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers win. No, I mean, of course not. Dude. They're, th they're three point dogs. It's not, you know, they're, they're three, two and a half point dogs. It's This is not a game. Like, this isn't a game where the Steelers should get wiped out. Could they? Sure. They've played terribly lately. They've fallen off the map. I don't know if Tomlin's lost the team or not, but no, it's they're three-point dogs. Mike Tomlin, historically, as a home dog, his team has been very good. They've been very good. It's just things have looked a little differently lately. Losing as a home favorite to the Patriots, and, you know, it's bad. But, no, it wouldn't shock me at all. Anyway, uh, here, here's what I – can we go to uh, clear out of stack exposures for a second and go to filters – Let's and, and go to a, a team. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, LAC should be LAC, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. So only 13% Eckler, 9% Palmer. The only guy we're really over the field on is Gerald Everett in this spot, Neil. That's a lot of Gerald Everett, 46%. That honestly is one of the biggest surprises for me. Uh, Gerald Everett, what was his... Uh, I feel like he, he had been playing kind of a part-time role. Maybe he has taken that role back a little bit. Um, Eight targets last uh, last two games. He's been pretty involved. Yeah, fifty six percent route participation in week fifteen. Yeah, he, he definitely has taken on a bigger role for a little bit. It looked like he was kind of seeding some of those snaps, but yeah, he's he's back up to playing a you know not, not a full time role in the sense of like Josh Palmer, but uh, as far as tight ends go, fifty six fifty seven percent route participation is not bad there for Gerald Everett. Still, that that is a ton. I guess it's a two game slate, so I, I guess it's not. All that surprising, just given who are the tight end? I guess Tanner Hudson. I mean, it's kind of a mess there in so I, I'll tell Cincinnati. You, Kincaid, yeah. Friermuth, Tanner Hudson, Everett, Donald Parham, Dawson Knox. There's not a lot. But let, yeah. go, to, go to tight end exposure, as a matter of fact. Let's see what tight end exposure looks like. Yeah, so in the context of the slate, I guess it makes sense that we are getting to a ton of Gerald Everett. So, I mean, we are getting even more Kincaid. We're just not oh, yeah. getting a lot of Fryermuth, not getting a lot of Knox, Drew Sample, Tanner. When you look at it in that context, it's actually not that crazy. What What do you make of Kincaid? Because I feel like he he all of his big games have been with Dawson Knox out. So I'm like, I feel like he's got talent, but also the role is just not there quite to the, the same extent with Dawson Knox. Uh, it scares me. I guess 51% on a two-game slate is not really going overboard on Dalton Kincaid. But in general, I've been... Uh, if you're if you're playing if you're playing Dalton Kincaid in your on your fantasy teams, I'm sure you're disappointed by the uh, reemergence of Dawson Knox because it feels like Kincaid has been knocked down a peg again. Uh, has he? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, look, I look at it this way. So Dawson Knox has been back for two games, right? Yeah. Uh, Kincaid had eight targets in the in the first game that Dawson Knox was back, so okay. he actually. He actually didn't see any, any, anything of significance because, or any decrease in, in production because last week wasn't, last week doesn't count. Last week what doesn't was last count. week. Remind me, remind me why it doesn't Josh count. Josh Allen threw for 92 yards. Okay. Yeah. They, they, they had almost 300 rushing yards behind That's James right. That's against right. the Dallas Cowboys. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Like Josh Allen threw the ball 15 times. Okay. Yeah, that, that is definitely count. an outlier. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it was only sixty-three percent route participation, uh, whereas Dawson Knox was out there for forty-seven percent. So, like a little bit, pretty even split there in terms of route participation last week. Uh, but yeah, if, if he had eight targets the week prior, maybe maybe I'm overreacting a little bit to uh, to the downfall. And who knows? Maybe they won't need to throw a lot in this game either. But true. The question though becomes: All right, do you want to go Fryermuth? You could, but I don't. I don't. I also don't want to get stuck on the fact that Fryermuth had a big game uh, in Week 12. Now it did. Here, here, I will say this: 
the only big game he's had all year, right? The only big game he's the only game where he has cleared 50 receiving yards or three receptions, more than three receptions, was week 12 against Cincinnati. It's a great matchup. Uh, he also, I mean, last week he uh, fired him with 83% repartition. That is elite as far as tight ends go. 83% repartition. Saw four targets in that game. I actually like Pat Fryermuth quite a bit. Are, are we? How much are we getting there? Let's see. Six uh, percent. I wouldn't mind giving him a little ROI boost, though. I would probably give him a little ROI boost. Now, Greg and I played him last Saturday. We, we gave him a boost and uh, did not really work out in that game. As you said, he has not had a great season. I do still think the talent is there, the route participation is there. So I think I'm still on a two-game slate. I'm definitely willing to take some shots on Pat Frymuth. I'm definitely going to have more than eight percent. I can say that uh, with confidence. Let's see. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cincinnati giving up the second most schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to tight ends over the past five weeks. So this is as good of a matchup, just about as good of a matchup as you can possibly get for Pat Fryer. So 6% to me is, is lower than I would like to get. Uh, I'm happy though, to, to just make a, adjustments to the ROI boost and I'll get the, uh, boost up some of the other top ROI lineups that have Fryer in them. The weird thing about this, like, can we go to running backs? Because there's no Keenan Allen. There's no Jamar Chase, which leaves you with a mid-priced Higgins and an expensive Diggs, no expensive tight ends, only one expensive quarterback. So I thought we would get more Eckler just as a, you know, as a result of like, hey, the money's there to spend. So that's what I was going to say. I, I know I mentioned him earlier, but my thinking was if we're not getting a lot of Eckler, Neil, we have to be getting a ton of James Cook. Uh, and that is exactly what we're seeing. 88% exposure. As right now, it's 12 and a half point favorites against the Chargers. I'm not surprised by that at all. It looks like the large majority of running back exposure is concentrated between Cook, Mixon, and Warren. Yeah, and as it probably should be, I mean, Austin Eckler is, to me, just like a pay-up-to-be-contrarian spot because he has not been great this year. He's looked pretty bad, honestly. He's looked like he's kind of lost a step there. Now they they came out a couple weeks ago and said, and I, maybe this is with Brandon Staley still around. I don't remember if it was actually after the change. They came out and said, we want to mix in our other running backs, see what we have, and they have nothing to play for. So they really have no reason to give Austin Eckler you know, a, a huge workload. Um, so it kind of makes sense if he's going to be expensive. And let me see, what is the price tag on Eckler? 7,200. He's the most expensive running back on the slate. I mean, I guess that's that's not that expensive as far as Austin Eckler's historical pricing goes. That's not bad. Um, but just given given his role on the team and how bad he's been, he's really just a pay up to be contrarian option. James Cook stands out at, at 6,900. Uh, he has seems to have taken on a bigger workload. Clearly, last week he had a, a bigger workload, uh, and he's in about as good of a spot as he can possibly be in against this Chargers defense that has always been a little bit of a run funnel. This year they're bad both through the air and on the ground. Um, but, yeah, James Cook can take advantage of it either way. So not a huge shock there. And then, of course, Jalen Warren just has as good of a matchup as you can get just about against the Bengals. Hard not to have interest in Jalen Warren as well. Uh, and last week, am I remembering? I, did, I believe Najee got hurt at one point during the game. Maybe I'm misremembering. I know he was hurt earlier in the week. He, I know he's back practicing uh, in full. So we're, we're expecting there to be a split there again. But yeah, last week, uh, Jalen Warren, 37 snaps to Najee Harris is 18. Uh, interestingly, only 10 rushing attempts to Najee Harris is 12. So they are still very clearly splitting it, but also six targets for Jalen Warren, zero for Najee Harris. 
last week. So if he's going to take on a bigger workload, yeah, love me some Jalen Warren against the Bengals defense. Yeah, I'm with you. And I have a thought, though, that I that I want to throw out to you. Yeah. All right? A question more than anything else. If we expect, you know, Keenan Allen's out. This team's done. Justin Herbert's on the IR. The season's over, right? We knew that last week. Yep. But, I mean, they put an exclamation point on it on Thursday Night Football. What do you make of the, the thought process that maybe a guy like Isaiah Spiller could be viable this week. Is it is it worth entertaining the idea that this could just end up being one of these weeks with an interim head coach? So, like, does an interim head coach say, I want to prove myself, so I'm going to keep Eckler out there? This is an interesting concept. Let's let's work through this for a second. Yeah, I'm on a one, little bit. Oh, real quick, oh, on one hand, you could have an interim coach. I was just taking a breath. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, I I want to prove myself. Eckler's still my best option. We're going to put him out there for 75% of the snaps in this game, regardless of what happens, or go, you know, I'm just going to play Spiller and see what we've got in him. Yeah, I mean, so they came out again a couple weeks ago and said they're going to start seeing what they've got in these other running backs, do a committee approach. Looking at the last game, I actually did not realize how much they actually is what I'm saying. Was it Staley who said that? Okay, I didn't remember who it was that it actually said. I can go back and look. Anyway, go ahead. I'll look that up while we do. But I mean, regardless, just looking at week 15, Austin Eckler and Isaiah Spiller played the exact same number of steps. Now, that was obviously a game that got out of hand in a hurry. So that could be the reason. It's kind of hard to know exactly why they played, but they each played 24 snaps. Joshua Kelly also played 15. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller had 16 rushing attempts last week to Austin Eckler's five. So they clearly were working in Isaiah Spiller quite a bit. Now, Austin Eckler did run the most routes of the running backs, 33% route participation. He saw six targets in the game. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to look at the splits to see if it was Isaiah Spiller just in the second half, because I think that's kind of important context here. Like, I don't remember exactly how this happened. Um, yeah, I'm going to split by quarter and take a look at these running backs, because I'm, I'm very curious if it was, were they working Isaiah Spiller in in the first half, or was it really just like fourth quarter? Um, Eckler was still out there in the second half, but but it wasn't that. It, but but he wasn't the the entirety of the game was you know Spiller was getting some work throughout. Yeah, I mean I'm, I'm looking at Isaiah Spiller. So he didn't play the uh, a snap in the first quarter, but then he played Isaiah Spiller seven snaps in the second quarter, three in the third, and then fourteen in the fourth. So okay. maybe they just decided at that point. But, but the uh, whole game was garbage time. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> and it was. I mean, and Austin Eckler actually played uh two snaps in the in the fourth quarter five snaps in the third quarter when it was completely out of hand so i'm not sure that this is evidence that it was just garbage time or you know just as you said the the entire game was kind of garbage time but i'm not sure that this was just like after the game got completely out of hand for isaiah spiller he was working in there earlier in the game as well uh joshua kelly two three snaps in the first quarter uh, up to eight snaps in the fourth quarter so i don't know that there's any clear indication looking through the snap counts by quarter of the three running backs that it was just garbage time i think that they are doing a little bit of a committee approach and honestly they have they have no incentive to go out there and give austin eckler a huge workload here he like they they are out of playoff contention they're not playing for anything at this point austin eckler obviously getting up there uh, in age a little bit. So yeah, they really, they should be splitting carries, seeing what they've got in Isaiah Spiller and Joshua Kelly. They probably will. So really 
if you're playing Austin Eckler, you're hoping for kind of an outlier. Like, I don't think he's going to get a full workload. Doesn't mean he can't score a couple touchdowns uh, at the goal lines, get get there uh, just by getting lucky kind of. But yeah, he does not have the volume that really supports a $7,200 price tag relative to the other running backs on the slate. I think it's probably time to, uh, and by the way, Austin Eckler two days ago said, uh, I know I'm the same player. I just have to prove it. Uh, again, I don't know. Like if you have an interim coach, uh, I don't think he is. I mean, currently I don't think he is the same player. Not that he can't get back to it, but just watching him, he, he does not look the same as he has in past years. Doesn't have the same right. explosiveness right now. Right. And also I think he was referring more to, uh, to, a, to a contract because this has been a contract oh, gotcha. year for Eckler. So that's a smart thing to say. <laughs> I am the yeah, same that's player. Rough. Yeah. But again, dude, again, like lost season, do you give a guy that's given you so much as an organization? Look, I'm not trying no. – the Sims aren't going to account for this stuff, but but sometimes you have to. Like sometimes there is actual nuance, right? Like um, like, like Kobe Bryant retirement game. No projections – like, like it's, it's, nothing's going to account for – obviously projections are human as well. But like you have to account for additional usage for something like a Kobe Bryant retirement game. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's not an average game. Does the organization say, you know what? We've got nothing to play for. You're in a contract year. Brandon Staley's gone. Like we're just going to feed you. I still remember the Kobe Bryant retirement game because I remember earlier in the day thinking, should I just lock Kobe and play into this narrative? And then I kind of chickened out and played, I think, similar to the field, maybe a little bit over the field and, and really regretted that I did not lock him because they gave him all the usage. I don't think this is the same as that because it's not a retirement game. For I'm not Austin. equating it to a retirement game. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm saying there's nuance in spots like this. That they, they could just give him the opportunity to like show what he's got for getting his new contract. Yeah, absolutely. You, you are right that they could do something like that like the organization he has been great for the chargers uh they should want to reward him for his history but also they don't want to get him hurt either so there, there's that balance of like yeah let him showcase what he's got but also like do you really want to risk injury when you have a contract coming up because he's gonna get you know i would i would guess he's gonna get paid regardless maybe not a huge contract but he's gonna get a decent sized contract so um yeah i mean i agree with you like you can you can look at the sims and like part of the reason that i like using our sims is i know that we have like some of the best brains in the industry who put this stuff in there. Like it's all based on the inputs. You know, what you're going to get out of your Sims is based on your own inputs. And I really trust our guys who do the inputs, but it doesn't mean we can't have the conversation of like, yeah, maybe, maybe they're wrong about this. And, and, you know, or, or maybe like, this is something that you don't really want to account for in the Sims because it's uh, a little bit too far out there. You want to trust, trust the process a little bit more, but we can still have the conversation of narrative street. Are they going to give him more run? And, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they do give him some yeah. run to prove himself here because he has not had a great season. Or they want to suppress interest in a free as a free agent so they can get him back and they won't give him any work at all. I mean, like I said, right. there's a million different ways. Uh, Jacob, real quick before we go to Sunday, can you pull up receivers? Because there's no Keenan Allen, there's no Jamar Chase. Okay, that's about what I would have expected, Neil. Tyler Boyd. Damn, okay. Even even higher even higher than T Higgins. What are what are the price tags on these guys? Let me pull that up. So that's uh that's a little bit interesting that we're getting to even more Boyd than Higgins. Higgins sixty five hundred. Okay, that's why Boyd forty six. Okay, that, that's why we're getting to even yeah. more Tyler Boyd than T Higgins. Uh, yeah, that makes sense that we're going to get a lot of both of them with no Jamar Chase out there with uh, how good uh, Browning has looked. 
not a huge shock there. Uh, Diggs, I mean, I got have, have to love Diggs in this matchup. Uh, Trenton Irwin, that's, I mean, also, I guess, not a surprise, stepping in as the wide receiver three. Um, Quentin Johnson, do you, do you trust Quentin Johnson here? No, of course not, but it's a two-gamer and he's cheap. You know, but once you get down this far to the Quentin Johnstons and the Khalil Shakirs, uh, all of these guys, hell, I don't even trust Pickens or Deontay Johnson, but I think I'm going to have a lot because why, how could you not, you know, yeah. you still have, to, you still have to field a team. Uh, and if you're going three wide receivers and then potentially a receiver in the flex, there's only so much Diggs, Boyd and Higgins that you can get. Like you have to still go somewhere else. <laughs> you know, you have to. You know, it stands out to me here, just looking at these, is I'm definitely giving a, a boost to Gabe Davis here because we we don't have any uh, Gabe Davis. This is sort of by exposure. We have less than 9% Gabe Davis. Okay, we have okay, we have just a, a, basically exactly 9% Gabe Davis. I know this is a good schematic matchup for him. He only had one target last week, but he was out there running routes uh, 84% of the time. So uh, I'm I'm probably going to give a boost there. But what, what do we have the ownership at? Are we, are we seeing him as negative leverage right now? We have the ownership at... 18%. I think, I, I think I'm probably going to be above weight to the field. That, that stands out to me as something that I will go in and manually adjust things. And, and it's probably, probably going to end up being a mistake. Cause as you said, we see people keep on winning just with like the top ROI lineups, no adjustments, but that seems like something that I'm interested in doing here is giving Gabe a little bit of a boost. If this is your guy's first foray into the Sunday slate, which we're about to talk about, uh, just because it's only nine games doesn't mean it's not absolutely loaded. Um, so is the week of football. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Last promo we're doing for NFL. There will be no 17 week or week 17, week 18, nothing for the playoffs, nothing whatsoever. Uh, this is the last promo we're doing for football. We've got weekly Sims packages. Uh, I actually had a couple people DM me yesterday uh, after they signed up because it's 25% off. Any package you want, even if, if it's the lineup generator, you're looking for like a good tool on a budget. We got that too. Link down there in the description or in the chat. Jacob could throw them in there for you. But I had somebody, a couple of people actually asking about like, you know, how can I learn more about it? They, they said, I signed up. Uh, how can I learn more about it? Simple. Uh, there's number one, a tutorials page on the Sims tool at the top. But two, if you go to this YouTube channel that you're at right now, and you click on playlist, you'll see a learn playlist. And we have a million different Sims tutorials, not a million, just enough to where you're going to walk out of it going, okay, I get it. This makes sense. Now, if you're watching this show, you probably get it anyway. You guys are, I would say the people that watch this show specifically are unlike a lot of the people that only watch the other shows because you're actually coming here for, for, for real data and, 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 and a more advanced approach to every slate. But if you've been waiting on the fence, trying to get in, finding a way, maybe it was a little too expensive at the time. Maybe it was a Tuesday and you're like, well, I'm not doing it for a week if I'm only getting these games. Well, you do it today. You're getting Saturday with the two games plus the showdown. You're getting Sunday with the main slate, afternoon slate, and the showdown. And you're getting Christmas Day, three-game slate with multiple showdowns as well. You'd also be getting next Thursday night football. So just on top of everything, you're getting a ton of football with a ton of slates. Perfect time to check it out. Whether you want to do a month or a week, check it out. 25% off. Last promo we're running for NFL. And remember to check all the tutorials out. They'll help you greatly if you decide that you want to sign up and check this out. 
25% off. December 25th, why not? 25%. We got you covered. Merry Christmas, guys. Plus, we hope you join. It's not just the Sims tool that you get with these packages. Ownership, player projections, boom bust tool, top stacks tool, lineup generator, and our premium Discord. So if you sign up, come say hello in Discord. It's a pretty great community over there, and I think you'll love it. Can I have one thing, Lafay? I just want to say there's no such thing as a stupid question. I know your DMs are open. My DMs are open on on Twitter. Uh, If if you want to DM, it's like if you watch tutorials and you still have questions, feel free to DM. I I get DMs all the time about the Sims duel. And if I know the answer right away I and, and I see it right away, I'll answer right away. Sometimes people have asked me questions that I'm like, I don't immediately know what the answer is here. I'll, I go to our devs and I ask them, how should I answer this question? Occasionally, there, there are those questions as well. So if you have questions, feel free to ask us. If we know, we'll answer right away. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a busy weekend. Don't don't come and DM me half an hour before the slate starts because I'm going to be uh, intensely working on my own lineups. But uh, maybe look at it on Saturday. And if you have questions, feel free to DM. Yeah, always DMs are DMs are always open. Happy to respond. If it's not right away, we'll get back to you for sure. Um, anyway, 25% off, guys. Link down there in the description or chat. Great week of football ahead of us. I'm very excited for this. Uh, and the best part for me using The Sims is if I'm doing stuff with family on Sunday or Monday, it's like, let me sneak downstairs for 20 minutes. That's it. And if, maybe 20 minutes, 10 minutes sometimes. And let me get these lineups in. I couldn't yeah. do that in the past, you know? Even if I haven't researched the slate, click and we're in business. Let's take a look at Sunday here. And uh, Neil, I'm telling you, I don't know how much you've dug into the Sunday slate. I know um, you'll have a show tomorrow, the tournament strategy show, but this is stacked. I bet you. So uh, let me let me just stop you there. We, uh, Greg and I are actually doing live before lock for the Saturday oh, right, slate tomorrow. Right, 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 but right. I am, I am, I'm going to be on outside the box tomorrow with Scott Barrett uh, at noon central. So it'll be one o'clock Eastern. So we will be going over the Sunday slate tomorrow too. Scott Barrett, who just took down the red zone for 25K. Yes, he did. Shout out to dude fantasy bro or whatever dude that is yep yep dude fantasy uh, bro. i, I want to do something first before we look at these lineups go to exposures and stack exposures my first thinking was that it would be spread out let's see it's uh not written not as much as i thought a lot of a lot of justin fields that's good against arizona oh, yeah yep a lot of fields some nick a lot of nick mullins which I mean actually does make sense against Detroit in that yeah, spot, true. given his price point. Yep. Uh, uh, some Taylor Heineke also makes sense in that matchup. Can we go down to? Uh, can we go down a little bit here? Because there's one spot, I, a couple spots that. There we go. So there's a couple spots that Eric and I brought up on the ownership show yesterday. I may do a few boosts just to get a little more spread out in two spots. I think Joe Flacco is totally reasonable, just given the price of that stack. And yeah, the Kyler Murray stacks to me are still. Let me see if we have if we have. And by the way, feel free to throw your thoughts on while I look. But uh, I, I wanted to see if we have like Marquise Brown out because a lot of the oh, a maybe. lot of players are questionable right now at wide receiver. And I think once that deck gets shuffled with all of these receivers being either in or out, we're going to see a lot of different exposures to some of these stacks based on value. Did we just get Marquise Brown ruled out? Because you just said it, and I look at my phone, and I see Marquise Brown ruled out. Wait, wait, right, wait. Right? He was wait, literally just, just ruled out right after you said that. or right. Sometimes before. the football gods shine down upon us. You're telling yeah. me, like, almost simultaneously when I said that? I literally that? looked at me. You said Marquise Brown. I looked at my phone. It says Marquise Brown out. <laughs> so, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 
but do you agree with with all of the injury, like the pending injury news? We could see things shake up a lot. Like the deck gets completely shuffled. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is this is week sixteen. Uh, you know, motivations for different teams are changing here. Deck could definitely get shuffled. Uh, with the Cardinals, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't think I don't if they're shuffling Trey McBride off the off the deck. I think that very clearly they're going to be just feeding Trey McBride. And I mean, our Sims special. results get shuffled because now it's oh, like yeah, how yeah. cheap is a Kyler? How cheap are some of these stacks and how concentrated are some of the target shares? No, yeah, that, that is a very good point. Could definitely see that condensing, see uh, the Cardinals be pushed up. It's, you know, counterintuitive sometimes to look at it and be like, oh, your best receiver was best ruled out, was just ruled out. Now you're going to look better. Like that seems counterintuitive, but it just gets so cheap to play the Cardinals. Like suddenly we're going to have great value in whoever, I mean, Rondell Moore, I don't know who it's going to be, uh, Michael Wilson. Clearly Trey McBride is just the, the guy you want for the Cardinals. Um, but yeah, definitely I could see that being pushed up strangely with marquise brown being ruled out they might actually look a little bit better there um the one that stands out to me lofty is dak prescott projected for just two percent or we're, we're getting just two percent dak prescott against miami like you'd, you'd imagine that game there's at least potential for major fireworks in that game uh obviously it's going to be a little bit expensive but 25 and a half implied team total there sorry uh 24 and a half for the cowboys that surprises me a little bit that we're not getting more yeah, um, I'm wondering how much of it is just a salary constraint thing. That's the only, but I guess we're not getting yeah. to a lot of Tua either. We're, it appears that we're not getting to much of that game in general. Yeah, uh, true. It is. It is a little strange. Yeah, if we went to if we went to running backs, I would assume we're not getting a lot of Raheem Mostert either. And Raheem Mostert is a guy that I would be willing to. This seem after that game with Dallas, unless they have made some you know wholesale adjustments to that run defense, particularly away from home, Raheem Mostert could have himself a field day as well. Yeah, I mean, are you so you like Mostert better than Devin Achan? I mean, I think that that makes sense just looking at the usage from last week. I'm I'm always a little bit torn. Like, what if like Devin Achan just based on his early season where he's rushing for 20 yards of carry? I think that I'm always a little bit like, oh, maybe maybe I should go back to that and, and hope that he you know can bust out some of those long runs once again. But yeah, Mostert has just been great all year. Got a little bit lucky last year with the two touchdowns. It was not very efficient, but scored a couple of touchdowns. Uh, yeah, always willing to play some Raheem Mostert. For me, I think it's I've gone mostert over Devon A. Chan pretty much me too, me too. all year. And it bit me in the ass a couple of times, despite yep. Mostert still getting more volume. I'm okay going back to the well with that. Uh, especially knowing that a lot of the goal line work's gonna go to him. Let's see our, our running back exposures, Jacob. Cause I don't think we'd get much of him, to be honest, at his price yeah, point. I don't think so either. I don't think we will. I think we'll get a lot of Taylor. Um, I think we'll get, uh, Ty Chandler, Ty Chandler. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. He looked pretty damn good last week. He looked awesome. Ty Chandler looked really good, but if you were to scroll down, I bet we're not really getting much Raheem Mostert whatsoever. I'm not seeing any. No. I understand it at his price point. And I also understand looking at some of these other guys, Singletary, you know, took on a legitimate like 26 carry bell cow workload last game. Chuba Hubbard has taken over in that backfield. Brees Hall is actually a favorite against the terrible Washington defense. Scroll up a little bit. Uh, Rashad White, you the volume, even though the ceiling is great. Yeah, Every damn week with Rashad White. 
So like, I, I have a tough time being opposed to any of these guys, which is why I look at it and I go, okay, so I'm not getting a lot of him. I'm not getting a lot of him, but I am getting a lot of this as well. And it does make sense. Yeah. I mean, I know that I'm going to be underweight to 66% uh, Ty Chandler. Like I'm, I'm not going to go that high on Ty Chandler. We've got him at what, 26% ownership or so. I'll probably be closer to the field. I get it. I get why we're getting so much, um, but I, I, that's one place that I can see here. Like I just, I don't play, I typically don't play that much exposure to, to an individual running back on a nine game slate very often. So I don't think that I will here. One thing that stands out to me is Tony Pollard. You see that he came out and said that he is feeling completely different, like way healthier now than he has all season. I had, I had kind of missed that he was uh, running with a little bit more pep in his step, but he seems to suggest that he is healthier than he has been all year. Maybe that's the way, maybe, maybe we go Pollard instead of going with the passing attack for Dallas. I could see Pollard working out as well. If he's uh, feeling a little bit better health wise. Definitely could. It's crazy too, because Tony Pollard has just left a real bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah. Uh, that for what it's worth, I'm not, that is no reason to not play him. That's a reason I, to play him generally. Like if people have been exactly. burned by him and you think he could be good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's see here. So Pollard last week is kind of, I mean, what does it matter? Right. You, I honestly don't even count last week towards anything, but yeah, I, I can't look at this and necessarily say the results have shown that he looks better. He was he was efficient against Washington, but so is everybody, right? So it's possible, though. Like you said, he's uh, – I don't know. But here, here's what he said, Neil. It's a night and day difference now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, good. that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. Whether we should actually do anything, adjust as a result, I don't know that that is necessarily the case. Mark and Chess is, uh, of course, Neil playing the Vikings. I just said that I'm going to be underweight to the field on Ty Chandler. Taking, taking, I'm actually going, uh, not playing the Vikings players a ton in this spot, Mark. And if you did, you wouldn't be dumb. No, I mean, he, he obviously looks great here. It's a good spot. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other running backs that I really like that we are or aren't getting exposure to. So like the ones I've kind of talked about all week, most of them are up there. The only one and Ben kind of got me thinking about Raheem Mostert on Tuesday. Right. By the way, Raheem Mostert didn't practice Wednesday. That was weird. Uh, he didn't practice Thursday either, but they actually called it knee slash ankle slash rest. So I assume he's good. Yeah. Ben kind of got me looking at Mostert early in the week. And the more I think about it, the more it kind of does make sense, Neil, just because shit, he's the same price as Jonathan Taylor. Like what if Taylor's ownership is massive and Raheem Mostert's is like 4%. Yeah. I mean, if Mostert comes in at 4% on a nine game slate, he is going to look great. Like he has been so good all year that, uh, so I, I don't hate the stand at all. So you think that it's a good spot against this Cowboys defense. That is not something that I, you know, not the reason that I've been thinking about playing Mostert, but you think that they've lost a step as a defense, I guess looking uh, they're 16th now in terms of rush TVA. So maybe you're right. Maybe they've lost a step and I kind of miss that they've been a little bit worse against. I know that I just uh, obviously James Cook was great. I just don't think they have a particularly great run defense is the thing. They but, like earlier in the year, they were just like, nobody was doing anything against them. So yeah, well, because I, they could, because they'd fall behind so early and then you have to completely abandon the run to begin with. Like that is a good point. 40, nothing against the giants. They beat the jets 30 to 10. They lost in Arizona, gave up 222 rushing yards. They beat the Patriots 38, three. Who, you know, 
San Francisco, they lost to San Francisco, gave up 170 rushing yards. But you look at so many of these games where they're playing with a significant lead, um, teams just aren't going to run against them, and they're going to give up rushing against them. So, no, I, I don't think this is a terrible spot, especially as Miami being a slight home favorite in yeah. a high total game. They want to give the ball to Mostert. Cowboys allowed 266 rushing yards in Buffalo last week. So, no, I think this is like a middle-of-the-road, slightly worse than middle-of-the-road run defense when you're facing a team that's actually willing to run the ball on you and you're not going up 30 nothing in the first half. You know, that is that is great context of just looking at the, yeah, the teams have not generally put up a ton of rushing yards on them, but that's because they have to throw the entire game. Here, the Dolphins, as you said, have uh, their favorites here. They have a 25.5 implied team total, the highest on the entire slate. So somebody is expected to put up some points for the Dolphins, uh, and Mostert has been that guy for many, many games this year. So, yeah, I like that. If he's going to come in at low ownership, Mostert definitely makes some sense to me, somebody that we might want to manually boost a little bit. I'm looking at what do you think of Aaron Jones against the Panthers? Real quick, Jake said in chat he just took a dump at work and it was a a normal a normal a normal movement, sure. uh, normal amount of toilet paper and, and flooded the toilet. Dude, that's got to be the worst feeling ever. Is it? Can you sneak out, Jake, where no one notices, or is this like a a single person bathroom where people know you went into it? Because if you Honestly, I'm telling you straight up, like if this was me, if I could sneak out, if I could sneak out and nobody knew it was me and then people go around the office being like, dude, someone flooded, like some asshole flooded the toilet. I would for sure be like, who would do that? I, who, yeah. who would do, I would. I'm telling you right now to avoid to avoid that type of embarrassment. I would do it. Um, he said, I had to walk past two co-workers and a secretary to evacuate. That's <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest. I read what he said. I said, uh, normal poop work, normal amount of toilet paper. I did not read the last sentence until until you just read it right now that he had uh, the toilet uh, overflow. That is that is brutal. Sorry. Sorry, Jake. Sorry for uh, for the overflowing toilet. Um, he says that he can't do it, though. He can't leave, apparently. That sucks, dude. Yeah, that's like one of that is a night. That's a true nightmare scenario. I remember it happened to me when I was at my buddy's Pocono house. We were snowboarding and I was like a teenager and I was leaving. Somebody was picking me up. And right before I left, I completely just clogged the toilet up beyond belief. I didn't say a thing. I just laughed. <laughs> I, let, I let them guess. They'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I let them guess, man. Um, not a stand up move, but what are you going to do? Save yourself some embarrassment. Yeah. Anyway, Jake, to, to me, it sounds like it's the it's the plumbing, it's the toilet. If this is the second oh, time of the week, okay. and yeah. It, yeah, and it wasn't you the, the first time, it's maybe like you just have a weird concept of what a normal poop looks like. Like maybe they're like super hard, huge poops that Jake has taken, and he just doesn't know because those are normal for him. Oh yeah, not enough fiber in the diet. Yeah, you need some more fiber in your diet, Jake. Yeah, yeah you're just blowing yourself out, being like that was normal. But Maybe it, try pooping but it was, twice a day. Get some of that out at night. Yeah, like a nor a, a roll of toilet paper is a normal roll, a normal amount for Jay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like the car, uh, the South Park episode where, where Randy Marsh takes the dump and he just starts spinning around on top of the turd. Jake, also, uh, maybe break up the toilet paper a little bit more. Like, I know, like, as a kid, I used to lawfully like pull off like you know 12 squares at a time. Like, I thought that was what you're supposed to do, and I used to clog the toilet as an adult. You know, you kind of learn you don't really need that much. Wait, but how much. many squares are you doing right now? Yeah, 
You might you might think this is too little. Typically two. No, double See, play. I got, double I'm play. I'm going five. I don't want oh. any. I don't want any potential mess involved. I You're going you two squares. Listen, I am very. I precise. hope it's double I'm ply. Very precise with my wipes. It is. It is double two ply. ply. Oh yeah. If it was single ply, I would absolutely be. Yeah. Yeah. That horrible Scott stuff. Ply. Yeah. 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 No. Two. Two is all you really need. So I. So two, two is two crazy. Or three. Two or three. Two or three, depending what on. Are you just what are you just putting place. it on your hand like you're a server at a restaurant, like well, laying please. it out on your hand? You, you pinch it. You pinch it in your. I don't know. It's hard to. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I figured I knew when I said it that I was gonna get through. I should have just said three to not get the reaction that chat is giving me and that you're it works, guys. Try it, you will save yourself some money. Jacob, is two squares enough? Is it just right or is it way too little? I would I would say four is like the uh where you want to be. Yeah, four or five. Yeah, but I don't know about five. That's kind of aggressive. Five is too much. Like you just yeah, and, on, and you take... totally just try to sneak that in. You're like, oh yeah, like maybe five. No, five's too much. Well, now hold on. The, the the problem is there's a very big difference between too much and too little. Yes. Well, yeah. You, you'd rather have too much. That is true. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Would you rather have too much? Because you could always, you know, go back. But once you're clawed, you're you're done. No, dude. What are you, a, an amateur? You flush after a couple, and then you get back to work. Obviously, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, you you got it. Come on. We're not, we're not all, we're not all clear. You, you hit the double or the triple flush sometimes. You know? Everybody's <laughs> suggesting that I am uh, getting it on my hands. I want to be like, if, if I feel like I need more, I will use more. So, so I don't always just use two, but you know, I'm very precise, very precise with my wipes. You guys try it sometime before you knock it, try two squares. I'm if you get shit on your hands, I'm not you doing it. Hands, you can, you can blame me, but you're probably not going to get shit on your hands. Like you, you know, you're an adult, you know where you're wiping. I mean, you have had practice. Uh, where were we? Practice. Were we on running backs? Yeah, we were talking about. Uh, oh, I was asking about Aaron Jones. I was. I want to see. Oh if yeah, you had yeah, any yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great match- matchup with the Panthers. <laughs> that evolved quickly. <laughs> it did. It was good conversation. Good conversation. Glad we had it. It is. Um, yeah, I might be thirty-six years old, but that type of conversation, you'll re- you could reel me in with that shit any day of the week. It'll never get old. It's always shocking to hear like the differences between like in, in private settings, like what are people doing differently? And uh, you know, the bathroom, usually you're talking about the bedroom, but the bathroom can be interesting too. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I got dude. uh, One time, one day when we have more time, I'll tell you about some wild methods that I have that'll blow your mind. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I know Greg just uses the bidet. He's, he's fancy, but I have one. I I've had one sitting under my, the vanity for months and i just haven't installed it yet i'm scared actually that's why like i'm scared you're scared that you're gonna set it up wrong or what no, or, i'm scared using... to get water blown up my butthole dude. me like, too it i sounds... don't it doesn't sound like a nice sensation to me it sounds like something i would love once i get used to it but i'm right. nervous yeah no I, anyway, I get that so i keep putting it off i like aaron jones though. uh I, you know it, the, the difference though is does AJ Dillon play? If AJ Dillon doesn't play, you have to think Jones gets steamed, right? Maybe. I mean, interestingly, last week it was a pretty even split in terms of snap share, at least. Uh, I guess not in terms of actual carries. Aaron Jones, 29 snaps to Patrick Taylor's 25 last week, uh, but also 13 carries for Aaron Jones to one for Patrick Taylor. Do you think AJ Dillon really uh so 
are you saying you would rather play him with AJ Dillon because he won't get steamed? No, I, I would honestly rather AJ Dillon just not be playing. I, I only, I yeah. only say that because you're talking about a guy coming off an MCL sprain. He's been injured a bunch this season. There are still some concerns to me that, like, you know, that that they 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 don't give him a full workload. I, I think a week back after being re- returning or from returning from that injury. I, you know, a week removed from being out. If AJ Dillon sits, I think you could see Jones get more work and Patrick Taylor get less, but they still kind of want to give AJ Dillon opportunities every game. And that that's why it worries me. Like, I think there's a better chance. And this is me just speculating, right? Yeah. But I think there's a better chance that, that if Dillon's out, Jones could get more work because Patrick Taylor is just their third string guy, yeah. their third running back. But if Dillon's in, they go, all right, let's go back to splitting between these two. Yeah, I think that that is uh, – I agree. I, I would rather Dillon be out to play Aaron Jones. I didn't, like he he had – I remember a month or so ago, you and Ben taking a look at the uh, how much he had been playing, and it was like, oh, wow, he's finally like the bell cow in Green Bay. And then, and then he got hurt and it, it went away. But like there yeah. was a little while where he was starting to become – the bell cow that you want him to be for the Packers. Uh, so it, there's at least a chance that he gets back to that role. And it's a great matchup here with the Panthers. <laughs> My chat had frozen. So now I'm just reading all of the, <laughs> and the, the quickly moving chat. The best is Matt Riley saying back to front squad. I'm no female. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man. Somebody I like Conscious saying at least Neil washes his hands. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no you know Josh. Where that comes from, right? Oh, it comes from Josh. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no Josh Engelman. Yeah. Let's look at receivers for a second. But, but by the way, I'm glad you brought up Aaron Jones because that is definitely one of those spots where um, it, it could have a big impact on the. Again, how many of these injuries, dude, are going to have a huge impact on the slate if they break in the direction of these guys not playing? Like, just listen to this for a second. So Tyree Kill, I mean, I I think he plays. You think he plays? I think so. Like he was what limited yesterday? Yeah, limited. Uh, it it looks like Pittman probably plays. I know he's still in protocol, but he practiced in full. But then you have a few of these other guys that are real question marks, like Nico Collins and 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 AJ Dillon and. Zach Moss is another one that isn't even practicing, which is why Taylor looks so good right now. Uh, I, I could go down a list. There are a lot of them this week. Uh, two spots, and I want to get to wide receiver here, that really stand out to me, Neil. I can't wait to get your thoughts on it. Uh, oh, real quick before we do, though, guys. Uh, if you see on the top right of the screen, better, B-E-T-R, stress it once, I'll stress it a million times. Get your deposit bonuses wherever you are. That's a simple – there isn't that much to say here. Like – Go get your deposit bonuses on places that'll give you them because most of the ones you're on prize picks underdog, these pick them sites um, like better where you can up to 100 X your entry up play up to eight plays on a single lineup up to 100 X your entry places like this, the, you know, underdog prize picks, whatever sleeper. If you already signed up there, you're not getting another bonus. You might get free squares from time to time. You will. And on those days, you hundred percent use them. But get your bonus up to $500 when you're over. It's the same thing as using uh, sports books. It's the same thing as if you're in a legal betting state, getting on as many sports books as possible to one, maximize all of the sign up bonuses, but two, 
to be able to say, okay, the odds are better here today on this bet than they are on this bet. It's the same thing. When you get free squares at better, underdog, prize pick, sleeper, you take them. When you get a sign-up bonus, you take it. So just make sure you're everywhere, man. Link in the description and in the chat. Up to $500 first match deposit bonus at better. Um, what a way to incentivize people to get over there. And uh, that's one way to do it. You don't have to be on one spot. Get on as many as possible. Uh, anyway, I wanted to ask you about this spot before we get into what the Sims are actually showing. Right now, Jaden Reed still not practicing. Christian Watson, another one, still not practicing. If that's the case, you're looking at a team that's down their two top wide receivers going into week 16. Yeah, I mean, suddenly Romeo Dobbs will be interesting. Dontavian Wicks, who looked Wicks great last me. week. Yeah, I mean, Wicks was the one who stood out last week. Like He he looks pretty good. I got to be honest. I think yep. that he might be a good receiver in the NFL. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, I guess the, the reason I bring up Romeo Dobbs is I suspect a lot of people watched that game and saw how good Dontavian Wicks was and saw that Romeo Dobbs is largely a non-factor. And a lot of people might be more willing to go to Dontavian Wicks. I want to look at the uh, the price tags on that one. I, I guess I have the Saturday slate pulled up, but... Yeah, Wix is cheap. Wix is low 4K. I, I think he'd be a okay. phenom phenomenal value in the event that those guys are. And by the way, I'm I'm expecting both Jaden Reed and uh, Christian Watson to be out. I am too. I, I think that both are going to sit. Um, yeah, and if that is it. Oh, apparently Wix is also questionable looking at DraftKings uh, with an ink, ankle injury. Uh, oh, he, was, he was a limited participant on Thursday. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah that's probably, right. Okay. I expect fine. him to play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Wicks definitely looks good at 4,300 going to be probably one of the better, uh, one of the better cheap receivers on the slate. Definitely. Uh, I I'm, I'm willing to go there. I'm, I'm right there with you with Wicks. I also think Romeo Dobbs though, is somebody that if both of those guys are out Romeo Dobbs, I mean, 78% route participation last week only saw three targets, but he's at least out there and he has been the guy in the past at times. So I, I actually think both are pretty interesting, but yeah, you can definitely sign me up for some 4,300 Dontavian wicks. I like it, but again, it's not going to be, it's not going to show in the Sims right now. You know, neither is Michael Wilson it, with, because the right. Marquise Brown news just dropped. We'll see about Pittman. If he doesn't clear, then you're talking about Josh Downs and you're talking about guys like uh, Alec Pierce. Yeah. And and what's the other guy? DJ uh, Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different ways to go there. But yeah, Alec Pierce, 91% rough participation in week 15. That is elite. Josh Downs, 62 and a half. I think both are in play. Man, it was disappointing. I, I played a ton of Alec Pierce. That was that was on the Saturday slate. That was one of my bigger stands was low-owned Alec Pierce out there all the time. I'll take my shots. And then he did absolutely nothing. One, one reception in that game for 13 yards on five targets. That was disappointing. I'd probably go back to that well, to be honest. I have no problem with it either. Uh, you look at our exposures, though. It's like Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Justin Jefferson. A lot of – there's DJ Montgomery. Right now, I think we are projecting Pittman out. That'll be updated. I don't think anyone expected him to play after – That was a brutal hit. Yeah. yeah. That's Garner Minshew's fault, by the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I forget what the player's name was who hit him. He's done – they suspended him for the season. It's like – Yeah. What? Apparently, okay, maybe you, maybe you he, could have avoided that type of contact, but – the quarterback, Tom Brady said this, and he's 100% right. You don't have to like Tom Brady. I'm not a big fan. He beat us in the Super Bowl, but then we got him back. 
you 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 can't throw footballs like that straight hospital balls yeah. and get guys killed put them in the line of fire and then it's like oh the defense the defenders can't can't make that play it's, it is it, i'd be real frustrated as a defensive player and a coach if you're on that team yeah absolutely they they have a right to be uh, upset i mean it sounds like he he has a history of these kinds of plays i was not really familiar with his history casey uh jake dewitt says yeah that's it that's it yeah right. i don't I, I was not familiar with his history. I had never noticed at least that he makes a lot of vicious hits. Uh, but regardless, like yeah, it was definitely one like kind of kind of tough to avoid, I think. Maybe he didn't take the optimal route. Maybe he did hit him uh, in a way that was completely unnecessary. But regardless, it was definitely on Gardner Minshew for putting Pittman in that spot. Your star receiver, you got to just not not throw the ball there in that spot. That was, that was tough. So I'm wondering too, uh, how do you feel about some of these top guys? Cause I actually don't mind how spread out it is. Good amount of Hill, good amount of lamb, uh, even lock it. You know what? This is one where I'm saying a lot of things won't feel good, but I didn't feel good about Drake London the other week. When Ben and I talked about it on the deeper dive, we pulled the Sims tool up. Right. Yep. And it's like, man, that's a lot of Drake London exposure. So I stepped back. I was like, you know what? It makes sense. And even if like, it makes sense and that, Drake having some Drake London was the only reason I didn't have a, a terrible week that week. Uh, a lot of times we want to overthink things. We want to get away from it. What this tool is doing though, Neil, is it's taking the SIM ROI based on projections, but also on ownership. And it's trying to replicate the field. And right now it's saying that Tyler Lockett is a spot that creates a lot of leverage on a slate like this. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in some some Tyler Lockett. I mean, it's a great spot. Uh, Seahawks, the, the Titans are very much a pass funnel defense. They are 27th in terms of DUA against the pass, 11th against the rush. They have been for years. They are just, they they stop the run. They don't do as well against the pass. So yeah, sign me up for some Tyler Lockett. I mean, JSN was a guy who got there last week uh, in a, another great matchup for the Seahawks. But yeah, I'm, I'm willing to definitely go to some Tyler Lockett. And it wouldn't surprise me if he is the lone guy. I mean, if you, if you watch that last game, it was DK Metcalf making big plays uh, in the in the fourth quarter, it was JSN had the big touchdown. Tyler Lockett might get a little bit lost in the shuffle. So if he's going to come in low-owned, I'm definitely interested there. All right. One more thing before we go. And as always, appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a Friday um, going into the weekend here. Tight end position. This is a loaded tight end position this week. From Sam Laporta to... Trey McBride, who, I mean, it's just a phenomenal play. Yeah. Now that Marquise Brown is out even more. Hawkinson, Ingram, David Njoku, who Joe Flacco has effectively unlocked. Yeah. Jake Ferguson, T Tucker Craft, with those guys probably not playing. If they don't get on the field of practice today, they probably don't play. I mean, it's loaded, dude. Even, even Cole Komet against Arizona we're getting exposure to. Really a loaded position. The only thing that surprises me is we're not getting more Trey McBride because the Sims loves McBride every week. Yes, I mean, he's, he's up to 5,700. So he's 100 cheaper than TJ Hawkinson. Honestly, he's he's earned it. Like, he, he should be. He should be right there yeah. with the highest end guys. He is top five tight end in fantasy right now. I mean, you could you could make the case that currently he's he might be the best out there. Uh, he's been so good. Uh, and now we have no Marquise Brown. I think if you're, if you're going to Kyler Murray, that's probably the first place you're going is Trey McBride. Let me ask you, do you think that uh, Kraft has supplanted Musgrave as the tight end win for the Packers going forward? 
Uh, I don't know. It's a tough know. question. I and mean, we, we, we can't know, but that's something that I, I've been kind of wrestling with because I think coming into the year, you know, we had these two rookie tight ends. We all assume Musgrave was a guy and he was, he wasn't that great this year. He, he really didn't show anything. I feel like Kraft has been better since he's been out there. And I know uh, Derek Brown has been very, a, a big proponent of Tucker Kraft being the guy. I also know that me dropping Tucker Kraft and my opponent picking him up is the reason I lost in round one of the playoffs in my, <laughs> in my home, in my main league. So uh, uh, screw that guy. Green <laughs> yeah. Bay is notorious for this stuff though. Like true. They drafted Jamal Williams well ahead of Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones ended up being the guy. Um, they drafted Watson ahead of Dobbs. And for much of last year, even when Watson was healthy, Romeo Dobbs true. was getting more opportunities. So I draft pick with, 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 with Green Bay. It's like, they're just trying to, they're just, they're just taking shots. Yeah. So yeah, could I see that happen? Absolutely. I mean, if Tucker Craft emerges, by the way, he looked good last week. I know he looks legitimately. Yeah, he's looked better than Musgrave ever looked, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. If you're in a dynasty league, maybe consider picking up Tucker Craft. I probably should have said that a couple weeks ago, though. Probably by now, people have picked him up. Anyway, last thing we'll do here before we go: take a quick look at lineups, Jacob. Uh, let, let's just see what the top ROI lineups are. I wanted to see one with uh, Fields. Okay, so there's one with Fields. Neil, we got Fields, Chandler, Singletary, Lamb, Wilson, Lockett. Uh, that's a sick lineup. It is double tight end, but tight end is so loaded this week that I have no issues with it. Now, again, I think if this news breaks where guys are out left and right, these lineups are going to look a lot different because you're pulling this 3K value at receiver. And I know based on last week when we had some of that, which wasn't nearly as good as it could be this week, we were getting a lot of those guys. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the the more injuries we get, the more you can play cheaper guys, the more you go stars and scrubbed versus balanced. Uh, so absolutely, things can change a lot between now and Sunday. Um, one thing I noticed as we were looking at the stacks is we didn't get to any triple stacks of Justin Fields, which makes sense. Like he's he's a running quarterback. Part of the reason you're playing him is because he does run a lot. But it's kind of interesting to see that we're getting a lot of single stacks, double stacks, and then zero triple stacks across the board. And here, this looks like it's just a single stack with Komet. Yeah, just a single stack. And this one is our, is our top ROI, hoping that he gets it done uh, on the ground. Yeah, it looks like a really nice lineup. I feel like we're not getting a lot of DJ Moore in these. Real quick, Jake. Is that right? Can you just go search how much DJ or Chicago exposure we're getting? Let's see. See? Zero DJ Moore. That is wild. Yeah. More that's Darnell crazy. Mooney. That's that's the crazy part. We're getting to a what 19% Darnell Mooney. That's uh yep. but again, surprising. but again, Darnell Mooney becomes one of the biggest casualties, I think. If if guys like Pittman are out, better value opens up. Yeah. Yeah. If these Green Bay guys are out, once we update for Marcus Brown being out, you've got Michael Wilson. Like, I think, I think Darnell Mooney at that dirt cheap price point, I think you see exposure come down. Maybe I'm wrong, but I would think it would definitely come down on him once we get some of these updates tomorrow. Did you see the Hail Mary, the Darnell Mooney Hail Mary? Oh, the one at the end of the game that he that he had on his back and dropped. I can't even believe that. That was like, was he intentionally throwing the game? I mean, I don't think that he was, to be clear. But like, that was that level bad. Like, come on, man. Crazy. Oh, anyway, Neil, good stuff, man. Appreciate you hanging out.
yeah, always, always happy to come on these shows. You and I used to have our regular show together. Uh, yeah, to Wednesday. yeah, we we don't do that show anymore. So happy to fill in for Greg to this week. Yeah, man, guys, 25% off. This is through the 26th, but don't do it on the 26th because there's no football on the 26th. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Thursday football you're getting this week. 25% off any package you want. Sims data package, Sims max one week, one month, or just a lineup generator, which is an amazing tool in and of itself. Links down there. Merry Christmas. If we don't see you guys back here tomorrow, if I don't see you back here on Sunday, I hope you guys have a great holiday. Um, Neil, anything else before we go? Yeah. I mean, check out tomorrow. I'm going to be on, well, three, three live shows tomorrow. Going to be looking at the main slate at noon central time, one o'clock Eastern, uh, looking at the Sunday slate with Scott Barrett. Then Greg and I are going to be doing live before lock for the Saturday slate. And then I think I'm going to be with Emac for NBA live before lock as well. So plenty of content coming out. Of course, I'll be uh, releasing plenty of VODs in the meantime as well, but yeah, uh, happy holidays. If you, if you don't watch those shows, which you should, but if you don't happy holidays. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you back here soon. Let's have ourselves a hell of a week. Peace.